Take two. <laughs> wow. It's been a minute. You definitely didn't have dreads the last time we podcasted. Did. Last podcast said it was recorded a year ago. Oh, has it really been that long? That's what I said. Wow. But we are turning over a new leaf, and we are committing to being here every week for the rest of our lives now. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Wow. I did miss this, though. Yeah. So much has happened. Yeah. Oh, wait. I need to roll the intro. Hang on. You're listening to the Fight for Together podcast. Now we're legit. Yep. Yeah, we've been through the whole marathon craziness and life. I mean, so much happens, but but I'm glad to be here. And uh, we've been accumulating a list list of things that I think we'll enjoy talking about in this format. I think about calling this um, podcast TMI. Because <laughs> I feel like the type of stuff I like to talk about I'm like, who would listen to this out there? But that's the son of a bitch. Like, yeah, I think deep know. down a lot of people want the TMI. Yeah, and I'm not talking about TMI in like the sexy way either. Here, I'm gonna recycle. But not opposed to that. Definitely not either. Or the gross way. I'm just saying, like, we we're discussing here. You gotta hold this. I can't hold both these. Oh, hang on. We gotta light our cigars here. Can I borrow your little match when you're done? Mm-hmm. You look good. Oh. No, I mean, your cigar is lit, <laughs> but you also look good. I'm so used to you saying I look good. I just naturally thought you were talking about me. You also do look good. Um, okay, so story time. This is going to be an interesting topic for us, TMI, for a lot of people. <laughs> but if you're here, maybe you want to hear it. Um, and can I also say it's hard to tell stories about other people without feeling like you're saying too much about someone else or something yeah. or, or trying to be careful that you're not doing that or something like I want to portray people in the best light but s- the stories are so good that you got to tell them and sometimes people don't always look good but it's not the point. Like, I'm yeah. thankful these people that are in our stories are in our life. And that's yeah. more important to me than looking good. Plus, what is looking good? Like, looking good to, I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. But, um, yeah. I asked the people's permission. Yeah. Of the people we're going to be telling stories of, which I think covers our asses. But still, it's like no one wants to make anyone, like, look bad. Unless we don't care about asking certain people's permission. Which isn't the case for the story tonight. But. <laughs> well, I guess. Um, so, okay. Enough fucking intro here. Um, so, for the second or third or fourth year, I can't even remember, our family went on a beach vacation to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Which, for our family, is... What is that, a nine-hour drive? I forget. 
eight hour drive, ten hour drive, something like that. Long drive. Yeah. And we went with my parents and sisters, family. So it's like this group of like fourteen or eighteen or something. And there's like pretty significant cost in that we rent the house, which is like five or six or seven thousand bucks. We get food. Yeah. We take off like work, obviously, and all our normal life and jobs and take the family out and we're like doing this vacation thing. Sounds easy enough, right? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not to those of you who've tried to do this. (laughs) Now, one of the ways our family has gotten progressively more complicated is we have some in-law type characters in the mix. And I use that term pretty loosely because none of our kids are legally married. But... Our oldest has a boyfriend. Some of the other ones have boyfriends and like kind of significant others and are all at different stages of definitions and seriousness. This particular boyfriend is on the more serious level, I would say. He's been living on or near our property for coming up on two years here. Is that true? Yeah, I think a year and a half. Um, they've been pretty serious, which all that to say like... He's been a part of our life, like, um, at meals and holidays and, um, you know, stuff for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think they've been together for three or four years or something. Maybe three, uh, yeah. a while. Anyways. Okay. So I treat him kind of like an in-law and we... I, yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of a weird thing because there's not a word for for us to... Like if your kid isn't, hasn't married someone, but they have a significant other or a partner, there's not a word for that that we can use to to signify that this, this actually, this relationship is kind of like an in-law relationship. So that's why we're using it. So, okay... <laughs> this is where it gets a little complicated so i'm in charge in this vacation of like organizing and delegating it it all kind of falls on me my parents say like okay we're gonna pay for it you're really good at it and maybe you like parts of it I i feel like you're probably the best one to do it out of the group as far as the most capable so yes, you're the one you, you're doing it, <laughs> and you. I do like it. Yeah. And so my idea is like, okay, I'm going to create a schedule, and of all, let's just say 18 people or however many it is, um, like we're going to take turns cooking meals and cleaning up because, you know, with a group that size, we want like killer meals. We don't want to eat out all the time. We're going to stay at the house, and we want everyone to feel like they're having somewhat of a vacation so they're we don't want meals or cleanup to fall on just a couple people and for the most part i would say most of our family system likes this and they like it we this year we created kind of a competition we're gonna like who's gonna have who's gonna make the best meal we're gonna vote at it mm-hmm. at the end and um <laughs> So 
we do all this and I, I put in something what feels like, I don't even know, let's just say like 10 hours of work before the trip, just organizing mm-hmm. stuff, creating lists and schedules and making sure everyone has them and seeing who wants to sign up for what. And because if you sign up ahead of time, you're going to like shop or prepare and think through the meal and bring stuff from home and mm-hmm. all these things. Right. So we go to the, we go to the um, beach house and we are um, putzing along and everything seems like fairly fine, except for like my vibe of the son-in-law is he's not quite chipping in <laughs> in the way that feels fair to me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm feeling like he's not towing the line here. And I want to be um, careful to point out the words I'm using are not um, uh, accidental. These are my feelings. Yeah. That's just how I feel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because as you'll find out, he feels very differently in the same time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and this all kind of comes to a head on the last day mm-hmm. when I'm like, yo, son-in-law, uh, can you empty the dishwasher? Mm-hmm. And a little bit of background too. Like I'm, I don't think I'm one of those dads where I'm like, I'm not going to do the dishes. Like, or that's, you know, that's not a dad's job. That's a kid's job or a woman's job or any bullshit like that. That's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But also I, I recognize that I have a very unique role in the family in that I'm one of the few people that have the mind to delegate and manage and manage. And I think my time and energy is best serves the family if I'm not the one unloading the dishwasher if I'm the one thinking okay we got to get the dishwasher unloaded we have breakfast tomorrow who's on that we have mm-hmm. to check out the next day like here's the checkout list and here's the yeah. schedule for when we're going to be leaving and to leave at eight we're going to have to start packing up at seven and if we're going to pack at seven we're going to have to wake up at six which means breakfast going to have to be, you know all, the, all that type of stuff right so you're doing like a ton of work if i and i would argue you're doing more work than anyone else actually Hmm. because the weight of it's on you like it's like one thing to be told like oh i need to make this meal and then i'm like off the hook like you kind of were never off the hook really as in like you kind of always had to be a little bit on to like remember like oh are these people doing what they're supposed to be doing like i'll take that but I'll also say that it comes very natural to me and I enjoy it. So there's that too. So I don't yeah. feel like the whole world owes me one. But um, so it, it is a discipline though. When I see a dishwasher that needs to be emptied, generally speaking, I feel like it's in the best interest of me and the group to pick someone to do it. So mm-hmm. in this case, I said, yo, son-in-law, can you do the dishes? And he was like, No. Okay, now a little bit more background about our family is kind of the vibe and rapport I feel like I have is like, not always, but I try and pick what's fair. Mm -hmm. And kind of I'm like, you know what, we're going to pay, I'm going to put these hours in this trip, and occasionally I'm going to ask each of you for favors. Mm -hmm. So and so, can you clean up those seashells? Hey, you're around, we're doing dinner in 10 minutes, can you clear the table and help mm-hmm. set the table or help set, you know, and I'm kind of like playing this role where I'm constantly asking people to do things. And it's really hard as a parent to be fair. Yeah. Some kids are easier to pick on than others. And some kids are more available than others. And, you yeah. know, there's that whole thing. 
Right. But I'm feeling like son-in-law is not is in a deficit here. Mm-hmm. And I ask him and he says no. And I'm not used to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I want to paint a picture too because this was like the last night I think uh, that we were there and everyone was just sitting around this like table and like not everyone, but some people were. And when, (laughs) when he said that, uh, everyone was like, everyone turned and was like, like, what? Like, and had this sort of like, Oh, look on their face. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah. And, and I thought, I'm like, okay, maybe he needs to think about this for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, yo, son-in-law. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm using his name when I call him son-in-law. Are you sure you don't want to do the dishes or unload the dishwasher real quick? Because mm-hmm. I could really use that right now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, nope. And I'm like, okay. I'll do this. I'll do it. Well, do you remember what happened? Too? Well, then everyone was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. There was like three other people that like got up and started to do, do the, dishes. the job. And I'm not here to tell the son-in-law's version of the story, but because I don't even think yeah. it's a wrong or bad thing because no. come to find out, and I did follow up with him, but, you know... I want to paint a picture of like, okay, I need, to, I need to start the camera over. Okay. This is a kid, and I call him a kid because he's, you know, my kid's age. Mm-hmm. Um, although they're legal adults now. That came from a very, very different part of the country Mm -hmm. and transplanted himself in the middle of our family unit in the last two or three years. He has one sibling that's nine years younger than him. Very different family dynamic. Very different. Yeah. And moving across the country into a completely different family unit Mm-hmm. is something that I think is very, very difficult. Oh, yeah. So it's easy to see him and be like, you know, ungrateful little shit. Like, mm-hmm. he should have, whatever. Yeah. But from his perspective, come to find out, mm-hmm. this entire week is very challenging for him. Mm-hmm. To be in a house with 14 essentially kind of strangers Mm -hmm. you know at least compared to how we treat each other like we grew up with all these people yeah as parents siblings and kids and he is you know kind of introverted stuck in this house with all these people he's never cooked meals never eaten the type of food that we eat never been near the ocean on Mm -hmm. and on and on i could go on and on but all this to say he feels like he's doing us a favor (laughs) by even being on this trip in a, and in a way, he is. Yeah. Um, for yeah. our kid, his partner, and for us and all these things. So yeah. at the end of a very long week, and he's like at the end of his rope, yeah. and I come along. I'm just sharing what I think was his perspective. I come yeah. along, and I'm like, hey, you want to do another thing? And he's like, no. Mm, I don't, actually. 
Um, okay. So this is the last day. And we're driving home now the next day. This is a long-ass drive, eight, mm-hmm. ten hours. Yeah. And all I can think about is I am done. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am not inviting this kid to anything else. Mm-hmm. Because from my perspective, it took so much energy to plan this trip and, like I said, all the money all the time. And it's really frustrating for the, the no on the dishwasher thing. Wasn't just, it wasn't just that there was other times throughout the week where I felt like he, like I said, these are my feelings. He wasn't contributing Mm -hmm. in a fair way. And it makes it really difficult for me to organize things when I, like I, I have no problem giving it my all. If I feel like the people that I'm with are also giving it their all. Well, and I, I think if I remember right, you also felt like you put, had to put more effort and work into getting him to do anything. Maybe not anything, but yeah. a lot of things. So it was like you didn't, you were done with that. You're like, I don't, I don't want to have to do that for one person. Yeah, I don't feel like it's fair to the group because when I like, if I say, say like, hey, can you take out the trash to some kid and some kid like does it. It's great. I'm not thinking about it. I'm moving on to the next thing. But if someone's like, if, if they're like going to half-ass it or maybe do it or maybe not do it, it takes a ton of energy for me to follow up with that. Right. And I think our kids and our family dynamic, we just have this thing where, and this is what I learned. Yeah. My kids trust me. Mm. Like, I think. Um, they know I'm going to look out for their best interests, mm-hmm. at least in a lot of these types of ways, mm-hmm. and that it's worth it to go on a trip like this. But in return, they know I'm going to ask them for stuff, and I trust that they're going to kind of like jump or obey or whatever it is in the moment. And if they have a— It's pro- like an exchange kind of. Yeah, and if they have a problem with it, yeah, I'm the type of dad that's like, let's talk about it. I want to hear your beef, but I don't want to hear about it in the second. Yeah. Like, I, I want to hear about it, though. Yeah. Uh, but not just because you don't want to take out the trash right now. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so I'm driving home, and I'm just like, all I can think about. So, and and we're driving, you know, son-in-law home also. And I'm like, I'm willing to take you home, but that's it. Like, this is like, <laughs> you just got bumped to, like, um, coach. <laughs> like, like, don't ask for a drink refill. Uh, if you need to go to the bathroom, you can hold it. Because I'm done making special accommodations. Because... And and here's the thing, when you're driving eight or nine people in a van and yeah. you need to be home in eight hours, like special accommodations are already like few and far between, but if you're yeah. like not gonna contribute, it's like don't expect me to go out of my way. That's how I felt. <laughs> I'm laughing because I just remember the tension. Oh my god. Oh, it was painful. Yeah. I think at one point like the music was asked to be turned down and I was mm-hmm. like, nah. <laughs> the music's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you turn it up. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't do that, but <laughs> Okay, so then what happened is um, I've actually been meeting with the son-in-law once a week now for about a year, I would say. Actually, I don't know, but about that long. Mm -hmm. And our next meeting, Mm -hmm. and I talked about this with you, and I thought about it for every minute and every mile of that entire 10 hours. (laughs) I basically made the announcement like... I'm done 
with investing into this relationship in any way where there's not reciprocation. Yeah. Which is a tricky thing to say because um, all I can really say is like with my kids, we go out to the Chinese buffet, I pay, right? Mm -hmm. They don't owe me one. Mm -hmm. um, and we go out to restaurants a lot and we go on trips a lot and I foot the bill and we organize the shit and we plan it and I don't I don't expect besides them like you know not being a pain in the ass mm -hmm. they're not they don't we don't split the cost we don't put an equal amount of work I'm, I'm not interested in that I'm just like hey if you contribute then I'm happy right um, which is different from a friend like a friend we might say like hey we're gonna go out for a beer and usually we either split the bill or I'll buy mm -hmm. a beer once and the next time you might buy the beer and but it's yeah. more of a 50 50 thing yeah. And what I sensed was I was just building resentment up um, because I felt like I had invested in all these things. Mm -hmm. And then I asked for one simple thing to empty the damn dishwasher mm -hmm. and he wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. So at our next meeting, I was like, hey, um, when you did this, it didn't feel very reciprocal to me. And I, I, I don't feel like I can invest in these ways and that's a hard thing to tell anyone yeah like especially like i want to be my kids best friends and i want to be my kids whatever you call them in-laws or partners friend i want people to feel comfortable around our house yeah. i've invested so much energy into our house to make people feel comfortable or try yeah but you can't you can't make someone feel comfortable no. Especially, I think, if it is causing you to re be resentful in the process. Yeah. So right. it was at the, this conversation was kind of scary for me, but I was, I forget, maybe I sent an email first or something, but I was pretty, pretty methodical about it. You know, I, I didn't accuse him. Um, like, this is, you know, just our maturity and therapy and all this bullshit has taught me instead of saying like you are an ungrateful asshole yeah which is how it felt on some level i'm not gonna lie about that mm -hmm. but that's just my feeling that's mm -hmm. not re that's not the reality necessarily mm -hmm. but i focused on myself and just said hey i feel like i'm over investing in this relationship in a certain ways if i continue to over invest it's going to cause me to be resentful mm -hmm. and therefore my plan is to stop investing in these certain areas yeah. And and actually, shit, now that I think about it, I, I told him, like, you're not invited to our house for, you know, I mean, he would kind of like, was just kind of like always welcome in our house. Yeah. Um, like you know, had an open invitation. Yeah. Come play the piano anytime. Come, you know, to a meal anytime. And there's, I think you realized that was problematic for you in the sense that whatever was happening on the North Carolina trip was also happening at home. Yeah. Where, you know, I think you realize like his cat made a mess and, and then, and then you asked him to clean it up and he would argue with you about it. And you're like, you know, maybe that, maybe he had his side, but you just realize I can't, this is not working for me. Like I can't do this. What I was investing did not feel like it was worth it for what I was getting out. Yeah. And what's weird is, I don't really feel like we have that choice with our kids. Now, maybe our adult kids we do. 
Yeah. You know, you can't just stop investing. Maybe you can in certain ways, but, you know, you still got to take care of the little bastards. But yeah, I think it gets a little different once, like, once kids become older, like adults and stuff. But here we have this, but... you know, these people are literally our neighbors. Right. We have these four houses that are all next door to each other, mm-hmm. for those of you that aren't familiar with our living setup. And so there, technically, there, there's the possibility for them to be in or around our house all the time, like seven days a week. Right. Um, which is on purpose. Right. And so we never really had to create boundaries mm-hmm. with family members this way. And it felt like I was just being mean, like I was just being a jerk by saying, you're not invited. Yeah. Um, and, and instantly two things happened. One, he told his side of the story, mm-hmm. which was kind of what I conveyed here already, which was that he was having a hard time on the, at the, the beach house. It was great, but it was also super hard. And he wasn't a hundred percent sure he even liked it or wanted to go again. And he kind of did it for, you know, our kid mm-hmm. and because he didn't want to miss out. And that, it turns out there's a lot of things around our house that are kind of like that, where, you know, he, he definitely jumped off the deep end to, to be a part of our family, but, you know, knowing how much he should be a part of when there's, you know, seven times three, 21 meals a week that he could join theoretically uh, is a hard decision for someone, for anyone mm-hmm. in that situation. And and he had been building resentment up in a way, I don't know if it's directly towards me, but towards the situation at least, where he feels like he's putting all this energy and effort to try and be a part of things, but yet a lot of it he wasn't really enjoying either. Mm-hmm. And so when I drew this boundary, I think two things happened. One is he kind of uh, was... It was a bummer because all of a sudden, you know, he's being uninvited to some things and he doesn't have the choice. But it was also, he commented, kind of a relief because there was a lot of things he was coming to that he felt obligated to come to, mm-hmm. but he didn't really want to. And, and that was building resentment on his side. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because he maybe, who knows where the obligation was coming from for him, but this made his life a little simpler probably yeah and there were some rough moments after this yeah where we had like memory's birthday party and for a while i said he's not invited because i i just wanted to kind of and for um to explain my reasoning we have very simply learned that if you are not voicing your preferences and desires in an honest way it builds resentment and ruins the relationship long term. Mm-hmm. So you can say, even if I were to say like, "Oh, it's fine. I'll mm-hmm. just, I'll just absorb it. I'll just take the pain. I'll, yeah. you know, how big of a deal is it really? I don't want to deliver bad news." Yeah. Even though it feels like that's loving, I'm gonna come to hate this kid, and yeah. every time he's around, I'm not gonna want to be there. Yeah. And I'm gonna check out. And I'm going to either stop inviting him, start hating him, or whatever. So in my heart of hearts, I'm actually doing this because what we've learned in counseling with all our other relationships, of which I feel like we're just training for the big leagues here, mm-hmm. we've learned that when you create boundaries and look out for your own needs, it's the best thing you can do for their relationships in the long run. And I really care about this relationship in the long run. 
Yeah. Yeah, I remember it being difficult for me. Um, I mean, I, I really thought you were listening to yourself. And so I knew, like, you need to listen to yourself. If there's anything that I've learned, like, you need to listen to what's going on inside of you. Because if you don't, like, there's going to be consequences for that. So I, like, believed what you were doing was the best for the situation for you and and actually ultimately really for like the relationship but man it was like tough because (laughs) i mean not only it was a tough for the relationship with son-in-law but it was just as tough with like our kid and our relationship with our kid oh my gosh yes because i mean that's the relationship that we you know have invested a long time into obviously it's our kids so that was really tough and it was tough to see the wear and tear on her that you know this kind of produced because she's torn because she's still invited to these events Mm -hmm. and you know on the offset i think one could say oh you're splitting them up Mm. but i don't think i don't think that's true when you create a scenario that's hard for someone to choose, that doesn't mean you're splitting someone up, unless you're actually consciously trying to trying do that. To but I'm not there. trying to. Yeah. I, I would have hoped my ideal fantasy world would have been that the son-in-law was a different way and that everyone just got along great. But that's right. just exactly that. It's a fantasy world. Right. I mean, and this isn't... There's nothing he can do, I don't think, to even fulfill that fantasy because... When I look at him and talk to him, he's trying very, very hard. Yeah. And that's one thing I've learned. Just because someone's actions are not convenient to me, mm-hmm. it does not mean that they either don't care about mm-hmm. me or the situation, are not trying their hardest. And I have learned so much or benefited so much just from this one principle of assuming that people are doing the best they can with where they're at. Yeah. And I believe that about him every step along the way, actually. Yeah. So me creating boundaries didn't have to do with him. Mm-hmm. It had to do with what I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So fast forward a little bit. We're still meeting, barely, because there was some friction. Mm-hmm. And this was a hard thing. And then there's this one meeting where I was like, you know, I'm not going to waste my time with these hour-long meetings and bullshit anyone like if i'm gonna show up i'm gonna show up with my truth yeah so this one day i created this list yeah and it was a list of how this this is inspiring by the way like i think a lot of people don't have the guts to do what you are doing all right well you gotta let me share what it is then yeah i know you're excited yeah go ahead (laughs) um but then you can swoon over me if you want. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> believe me, I'm, I'm not cutting. I'm not wanting to stop you. Uh, just hold that thought. No, okay. Um, okay, so I create this list. I think I just feel like this is gonna sound weird to people, but fuck it. This is TMI. This is our story. I can't change it. Um, but I created this list. It makes sense to who you are, but yeah. yeah. Of um, <laughs> and it was 
all the ways that I feel like I'd contributed in the relationship was on one side of the piece of paper mm-hmm. and had little things like offer to pay for meals, invite you to the, the fucking vacations and shit and yeah. buy you Christmas present, buy you birthday present and pay for this and, um, make myself available to meet here and talk here, blah, 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 blah and all these things. And there's probably like 20 things on the list. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the list was the things I felt like I had received from him. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is how many beers I bought you. This is how many beers you bought me. And there was like two, there was like three things. And I later thought of like on one side. or two more on his side. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, the, this, this wasn't an accounting document, but this was a list of, this was felt, felt investment and yeah. felt receiving. Yeah. Which is important. Yeah. So I, okay, so I show up to one meeting mm-hmm. and I, and I was too chicken to read it. <laughs> oh really i didn't know you waited till well i was just like it didn't feel right and i was already kind of worried about it and i was just like yeah do you don't want to break this kid's heart like or yeah. or make him feel like like he's just a loser even though i don't see him that way i just didn't want mm-hmm. him to feel like that so i didn't read it so i waited till the next week mm-hmm. but by then i was like i gotta read this mm-hmm. so i was like i got a list for you yeah that i'm gonna read and I prefaced it with all my usual bullshit. Like, these are just my feelings, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. And then I said, here it is. And I read it. Mm-hmm. And he, like, laughed. <laughs> and he goes, this is the most helpful thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah. I was what he said. blown away by that. I was, like, I was too. So fascinating. And I was like, oh. Huh. He's like, the way you organize this information, mm-hmm. because I wasn't saying he was bad and I was right and he was wrong. I just said like, and he, the, where he comes from with a different family system and a different level of maturity and a different history and all these things, he doesn't know, like he didn't know all the ways that I was showing that I cared. Right. And, and by the way, you and I have gone through this a million times too, Right. where I'm like, I hugged you and you didn't do shit. And you were like, oh. That hug was you showing you care. I was like, yeah. And you were like, yeah. oh, I didn't know that. I thought yeah. you were just scared or something. Yeah. And I had, we've had to learn to, that it's, don't assume that the other person sees what you do as care. Mm. Because. Right. Everyone has a different perspective on what's happening. Like, like if you, like you could be, and we've talked about this with like risk and connection. Like you could be really risking something by trying to connect with me, but I just see it as like, oh, this is just what Ben does. Like I don't realize what it took for you to do. Totally. To do and that. I might pay for a meal because I really I want to show people I love them and show mm-hmm. and facilitate a good time together. And someone else might just think, oh, well, he's just rich and he was yeah. he just invited everyone. It doesn't ma- money doesn't matter to him. Or I'm yeah. like, that was fucking seventeen dollars for the Chinese buffet. Of course yeah. it mattered to me. Are you kidding? Yeah. Me? It's like, almost like interpreting like another language, you know, with each person. And when you tell people that you care and you show them this is how I care, you're letting them learn your language. Yeah. And I said, I would love to hear your list. Yeah. You know, how do you feel like you've shown me? Mm-hmm. And how do you feel like I've shown love to you? Or have you felt yeah. loved? Because yeah, right. I'm not trying this isn't a courtroom. Like I'm not trying to get you in trouble. Right. Or this isn't about the past. Like I'm not trying to send you to jail or, or like I think you just wanted 
more understanding between each other. Well, it was more about the future. Mm. Yeah. I wanted him to know mm-hmm. why I'm limiting my investment. Mm. Because why would you continue to pour love in a certain way on someone if they don't even appreciate it? Right. I'd rather put that energy somewhere else. Right. Now, if they appreciate it and they just don't know how to reciprocate it yet or, or something, right. that's another thing. But or, if they actually, every time you do something nice for them, they actually hate you for it. Or, yes, or they didn't realize exactly what that action was. And once they realize what it is, they then appreciate it. Yeah, that's another possibility too. Yeah. So anyways, that was now, I feel like that was probably three months ago. Yeah. And all I can say is it's a completely new dynamic since then. It really is. This whole thing. I I mean, overnight, the dude started showing up at my house with beers. (laughs) And I'm not trying to call it out. I I don't think he was trying to kiss my ass. It's not the vibe. I'm not trying to paint that picture at all or just like I scared him. But I think he, he saw like, oh. I don't know if he knew I cared about him because I'm also mm. pretty retarded in these other ways, right? Where I'm like, or autistic, or we're all we're all confused about exactly what exact label to use with me. I don't yeah. care about the label per se, but like I'll walk in a room and I won't say hi to people and I'll yeah. ignore people and I'll be in my own little world. And I, I scare people away because they're confused. They're like, oh, does he not like me? And I'm like, no, I just don't say hi to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so. Or you'll exit a conversation if it doesn't interest you. I get bored, so I just, like, leave. Wait, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, but, like... Well, and I wonder if he is a little bit like you in the sense, and that's why he appreciates the way that you... The clear communication. Communicate, yeah. I think. that that's That's been my speculation, but... So I think he understood me as a... I wasn't just the girlfriend's dad hmm. that doesn't give a shit and is just, like... I don't know, minding my own damn business. Like, I actually really did care for him. And when I invite mm. someone to the beach house, yeah, I know how complicated that is. And it's a bunch of dynamics. So I take it seriously. Yeah. And I don't think, in fact, he said, I don't feel like the ways I show love to you make a difference. Mm. And I was like, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes a big difference to me. Like, when someone buys me a beer yeah, or, um, you know, you empties notice. the dishwasher. Yeah, I notice. Yeah. And it really makes my day better and easier Yeah. Um, when people do things like that around the house. Yeah. Whether it's my kids or you or neighbors or whoever. Yeah. Uh, trying to keep my cigar lit. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't know how to describe it except for not only did he start investing in ways I had never seen before. Yeah. I felt like he started to appreciate the things we were offering. In a different... Maybe for the first time. Yeah. But definitely in like a different way. Like it, it's like it gave him clarity to see things differently. Um, and so I did this and I was like, hmm. you know, I have this like kind of, I don't know, history of attachment and investment in relationships where I used to be... I would invest the most in every relationship I was in. Yes. Let me put it this way. Yes. No one ever texts me without me texting them back. Ever. Yeah. And these are include telemarketers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. To this day, actually. That's so true. 
So for me to like create a boundary and, and essentially kind of push someone away in a way is very difficult and somewhat unnatural for me. Yeah. I feel like I'm failing in some way mm. if I can't maintain closeness. Yeah. So growth for me has looked letting go of certain things has looked like letting people choose and being honest about my boundaries and taking care of myself, which is something that wasn't very natural for me in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah. I think there's a lot of programming and our culture that like, you know, that's selfish and you shouldn't do that. And we used to host the world. We would host every one of these elaborate events and parties that happen like three or four or five times a year, oftentimes weekly actually yeah. for other people. And they would never host us. And I never thought twice about it. I was like, well, fuck yeah. it. We got the money. We have the vision for the event. We have the infrastructure. Like, just keep on and, going. And energy until, until we didn't. Until we didn't. And then I <laughs> saw we kind of got burned. And mm-hmm. so, but so like we had the training to know, like, okay, this is how boundaries work philosophically, and I think we're doing the right thing or whatever. Yeah. But when I did it, it felt wrong. Yeah. I mean, not in like in my heart of hearts, I knew I was doing the right it thing. It felt really uncomfortable. Yeah. It, it was yeah. like, it was like, wait a second, like, just because I, I don't care about people doing that either. It's kind of scary too because you don't really know what the result's going to be other than you know it's going to be you're you're going to be healthier or whatever you're you're speaking up for yourself so you know that that's good but you know you don't know like how the other person's going to respond and that's sort of like even then you know even feeling healthier somewhat theoretical and not very applauded in our culture there was this video i think i told you about this i saw it like um it was like an older video on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And there's these four people sitting around a table. And it's a workplace environment. And mm-hmm. the dude's like, hey, I'm, I'm having a party this weekend. Um, and um, one of the dudes is like, oh, I'm helping my dad move. I can't come. Yeah. And the other dude is like, oh, yeah, I have a, my kid's Little League game. I can't come either. And the chick goes, I don't want to come. So I'm going to be staying at home. And everyone's like. You're not supposed to say that. They, they, they said like, wait, what? You have something else going on? And she's like, no, no, I don't have anything going on. I would just rather be home. Yeah. And they're, and they, the video for five minutes, they proceeded once again. They're like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You, you um, you're so, sick? Or yeah, you, you must yeah. not be up for it because, you know. And she's yeah. like, no, I feel great. Yeah. I would just rather not be around people that night. Yeah. And come to find out, like, this banter goes back and forth. Yeah. And it's so ridiculous because it, it shows how in our society, for some reason, it's mm-hmm. so much more seen as more loving to be polite, mm-hmm. even if you're violating your own needs, which is detrimental to long-term relationships. Yeah. Um, than to tell the truth. Yeah. I mean, we tell kids to tell the truth, but then we're like, well, don't tell the truth here. Yeah. You know, like that's rude. <laughs> so like, which is it? Tell grandma that you really like the sweater she knitted. Yeah. <laughs> so then in the end, the the chick doesn't back down. Mm-hmm. And finally, the two guys, the one guy says, oh, well, I was lying. I didn't actually have anyone. Oh, I needed to help move. Yeah. And the other guy was like, yeah, my kid doesn't have a Little League game. But they were like, you know, so they were really heroes. like 
you know, she was doing it for her, which I'm, that's enough of a reason for me, but she also facilitated like a more honest environment. Yeah. And, but they crucified her, <laughs> oh, you know, God. they're like, you're uh, special needs or you're like, you don't care about anyone. Like well, the right. person that was honest, they're like, you must hate us. That, and that's the thing too, is like, we personalize things. We make it about us when someone's just like, which it could be about you, I guess, but like, but what I, not. but what I want to do is like, you know, and this is what I feel like my duty is, as I guess a dad or a human or whatever, is like teach our kids how to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. And if if someone is coming over to your house, forget about the son-in-law for a second, just like mm-hmm. anyone, any random yeah. bum is coming over to your house or person, friend, you care about, whatever, right. family member, coming over to your house mm-hmm. and every time they leave, you feel burned out. You feel resentful. Like, you feel like you've invested into something and they're not thankful or they don't they don't give you something that is valuable in return or makes it worth it. Yeah. I actually think the best thing you can do for yourself in the relationship is to create a boundary. Right. Cut it off. Stop it. Right. Say you're not available. Say you're not interested. Say you don't want to. Say you'll meet at a coffee shop or you'll or stop inviting. I mean, yeah. whatever. And... Maybe it'll change the dynamic. Maybe it'll end the relationship. But either way, mm-hmm. um, you know, by doing this myself with the, in front of the kids, and we and we talked about it at family meetings because I said, "Hey, kids, it's a family meeting. I want yeah. you to know I care about son-in-law." But as of now, if I'm hosting an event, he's not invited. And if you guys want to host events, and if you guys want to clean up the mess, and if you guys want to be responsible, you can do that. But that's your gig. Mm-hmm. And if son-in-law is listening, I just want to say hats off to you because uh, you took it like a champ. And actually, the um, the dynamic has shifted radically to a point where now it's more fun than I've ever had in the relationship. Yeah. Like yesterday, we're going out for a beer and mm-hmm. um, and what was it? Pretzels and beer cheese. Yeah. And um, which is super cool, by the way. And it was fun. Yeah. And 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 I feel like I now want to invest. And I feel like he's investing in ways that I'm not even asking for. I'm not like trying to, you know, make it so that on the list there's like ten things on my side and ten things on his side. Yeah. I just want to feel like the person cares. Yeah. Yeah. So in the beginning, man, this felt like a train wreck. Right. Like when you put a boundary up, all I felt was the pain, the loss. What if this makes him disappear? Then it's my fault. Mm. I could just take one for the team and take it for another week, another month. Yeah. But I brought my honesty. Yeah. And I, um, I know deep down, like I cared for him the whole time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I think I like, or I think it's cool. I recognize your ability to be able to see into the future. Like if you keep going down this course, like where this is heading, like you do that with a lot of things. Um, And I think that's why, one of the reasons why you're able to, it's like you were able to feel the pain a year from now. Like you're like, oh, this is not going to go well. Um, I mean, you were already feeling pain, but... I struggle, I feel like, to be able to feel that pain in the future, like to see where it's heading. Um, and so oftentimes I'll just be like, oh, it's okay. 
it's I'll just absorb it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't think, you know, my boundaries aren't going to look like yours because we're just two different people, but hearing and knowing that story about you is still, it's still inspiring to me to figure out when my boundaries are being crossed and what to do about them, you know? Yeah. And if it's a little pinch, you know, it's one thing if you're meeting with a person once a year and you feel a little pinch, it's like big fucking deal. Like get over it. It's not worth it. But if if these are people that are in your life on the daily or weekly or that you're thinking about raising grandkids with or whatever, Uh like a little pinch, if if you have like a little problem with your toe on mile one of the marathon and you don't stop to solve it, it could be a big problem in 26 miles. Yeah. And so like my encouragement to someone like you would be, Whatever you feel, that little thing, mm-hmm. like take it seriously. Because I, I feel like you say like these things like, oh, it's not a big deal or it's not yeah. worth it. Yeah. Or, um, you know, like, I don't know, you tend to minimize mm-hmm. like these things that you feel. Yeah. Because you project or you put yourself in the other person's shoes mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, that's going to be hella awkward for them. Yeah. Right. Which it is. Yeah. But if you ignore it, yeah. And if if it's causing you a lot of pain in a week or a year, you're people get to a point I think where like with you and I if I if I have a need that's not being met, uh-huh. which happens all the time, and I don't even know it's happening and I don't vocalize it, eventually I blow up. Right. And I start like screaming right. or I shut down or I stomp out and we're like what the hell was that? Like <laughs> Like, all I did was, you know, close the door. And, <laughs> but it's been building for months. Right. Or weeks or whatever, right. or days. So, yeah, it's 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 like a, an ability to be able to be more sensitive to and take seriously the, the little pain, like, that happens at the beginning so that it doesn't get to that point. And once again, it's up. not about holding someone accountable. Or getting them to say sorry or, or rectify the past. Although sometimes that's necessary. But it's really about um, creating the type of relationships that make for long-term healthy friendships mm-hmm. for the future. Yeah. And yeah. and actually, like, th- there was a cool <clears throat> story or ending which is that he stepped up in a way I wasn't really expecting for some reason. Mm. But even if he would have not stepped up, and if I would have just stepped down, sometimes that's health for me, is yeah. not to overinvest. Yeah. Because, you know, we all have those people, and I feel like I've done it, where I've done all these things for people. Right. And then I'm like, you should be thankful for me. I did all these things. And they're like, well, I never asked you to do those things, yeah. and it didn't even mean anything to me. But, but yeah. I was, like, bending over backwards and breaking my back yeah. for someone and wanting credit for it Mm. but they weren't even asking for it yeah and they didn't even know i was doing it maybe right and i could have spent my energy in other ways but i was investing in the relationship probably for you know what i would consider maybe unhealthy reasons or unrealistic reasons for sure Mm -hmm. thinking that they must appreciate this and i'm doing it for them when really i'm just doing it for myself yeah yeah oh also want to dedicate this episode to devin <laughs> nether uh nether daughter's boyfriend who said 
when are you guys going to be recording a podcast again? I miss it. Yeah. Devin, this one's for you. Biggest fan. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Advice to parents out there when you're thinking about, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends for your kids. Find find boyfriends and girlfriends that subscribe to your podcast. Mm. That's what I have to say about that. Yeah. Seems to be working out. This 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 just like this whole thing. This happened like months ago, and I wrote it down as a podcast. And I was like, I want to talk about this because this did not end up how I thought it was going to end up. Yeah, but it, it actually makes sense to me that it ended up well. Well, and it it brings hope. I mean, obviously, every situation is different, and for you know, it's not always a happy ending. But in this way. But it's kind of cool to see this type of happy ending because you see what's possible. Like as far as sometimes uh, being honest in, in, in this way can lead to a better connection with someone. Yeah. And, I, oh and sometimes gosh, it just means it, it leads to a better connection with yourself. Yeah. And that's so cool because – okay, I like that you said that because – my gosh, my leg is cramping up. That really hurts. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> um, what I believe is that when you bring your truth in a loving way, and when you are mature about it and shit. So, like for me, this is like I said. I'm not saying uh, at the vacation house you were being a dick. <laughs> okay, that's not my truth. That's me calling someone else a name. Yeah. Your truth sharing it requires vulnerability and it's talking about yourself. I got my feelings hurt and I didn't feel safe or valued when I asked you to do this and I planned this trip mm-hmm. and you responded in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some groundwork there and those are not easy things. They have, those have taken years to even identify those um, patterns. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, that is a gift to someone. Mm-hmm. You're being vulnerable and you're letting them in on who you are and how you operate. And that provides for greater relationship than if you fake it. Yeah. You know, I mean like people are faking orgasms. Right. And like, I mean, not anyone in this room, I don't think. Um. (laughs) Are you? (laughs) (laughs) Um, When you do that though, well, that's fake. Like, you know, it's not really love to like it it might work for the short run like the person feels like a goddamn hero or whatever but if you do that shit over the long run you're not allowing them to get to know the real you and let them know like what makes you tick and what feels good and what works yeah and when you're faking it in any other area of the relationship when you're saying like oh this is great i love having you around and you really don't those types of relationships have a fuse on them yeah and they're it's gonna either always be shallow or it's gonna blow up Mm-hmm. those are the two options and when you share your truth whether it's in the form of a boundary or you know that's kind of the nth degree i probably waited too long in hindsight like this had been brewing for a while mm-hmm. so by the time i shared it came with boundaries but mm-hmm. before the boundaries i could have shared and said hey like <clears throat> i'm offering these things and i i, I don't feel like you appreciate it um Mm -hmm. is that true or like Mm -hmm. tell me your side yeah and the person can say shove it or they can or that you're giving them the opportunity to be vulnerable too because it's not easy to share these things it's it's scary yeah and i i want to say too like 
when you share yourself like this and you're vulnerable with someone else, it is a gift, even if they don't see it as a gift. Mm. Like, I think it's still a gift now, but someone can look, well, I mean, someone could, there's all kinds of reasons why someone might not see it as a gift because I mean, one of the reasons is making it all about them. They're like, oh, you know, they get like butt hurt, you know, and they probably have stuff in their past. Or they could have shame where they're just like, they say like, yeah, oh, you're saying I'm a bad person. Yeah. Even if you don't see him as a bad person. Yeah. And, you know, some relationships, you can work through that stuff. But, um, you know, and, and you, you might think, oh, I shouldn't have done that. And I would say, well, no, just because someone uh, perceives something as like oh you're doing this to me or that doesn't mean you actually are doing that like yeah when, when you are um i don't know if this is exactly what you're saying but i think it's parallel when you share your truth or yourself and it impacts someone a certain way well i'll stop back up when you share your truth you don't get to control how people react to it right some people might love it some people might not like it some people might hate it right and and you could share your truth and someone could say, well, I'm not hanging out with that person anymore. But it, I think it's taken it too far to say, I drove that person away by sharing right. my truth. You're, you said your thing, but they reacted and that's, that's their reaction to own. Right. But either way, I think what I hear you saying is by sharing your truth, you're offering a gift. People can reject that. Yeah. And sometimes it's completely appropriate that they do. Like yeah. They're not ready for it. Right. They don't want to be a part of it. But sometimes it's easy to say you get into someone else's shoes and you're like, they're probably going to reject this, so I'm not going to offer it. Mm, yeah. And that's fucking being a, a pussy-ass bitch about it, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's protect, hard. It's I'm not trying to discount yourself. the difficulty of that. Yeah. But don't say that you're doing that for them Yeah. just because you're being a bitch about it. You're afraid Yeah. of something. Right. What. Right. But you're taking the easy way out. Yeah, and maybe you have reasons why, you know, you've had times where you've shared yourself and people have treated your sharing and or your um, being vulnerable a certain way. And it's hard. It's hard to be vulnerable again once that, you know, for a lot of people that happened in their childhood, right? And that's something that, you know, takes some time to work through. And I think a lot of that can be healed if you find the right person to share with you know like if you actually find someone who will not uh who will actually see it as a gift that can be a really oh wow yeah a really uh that's a gift back right like it's like i'm giving you a gift by sharing and then they're giving you a gift yes back. because in our most religious environments and this is where we've tested this we shared parts of who we were and every single person we knew left yeah and at that point it'd be real easy to look at yourself and what you shared and be like we fucked up yeah well and i i think we drove people away i think um i mean i had a long time where i thought that was true totally well you think it's true until you realize that there's other people out there exactly that value it but we just didn't have them in our life yet. yeah so you can't tell but the point is you can't tell whether you're you can't judge whether you're offering a gift based upon how people react even if every single person reacts a certain way yeah you might be surrounded by the wrong people right did you see that thing i posted on instagram today i I think so Um, i don't know which one you're referring to 
Oh, the Rick Rubin one? Or no, no something else. No, I'll, I'll read it because I think it kind of pertains. Um, it says, it's some, like, some tweet <clears throat> or something, but it says, a bottle of water can be 50 cents at a supermarket, oh, yeah. $2 at the gym, $3 at the movie, and $6 on an airplane. So the same bottle of water can cost all these different yeah. things in all these different places. Same water. Only thing that's changed is its value. Uh, only thing that changed its value was the place. So the next time you feel your worth is nothing, maybe you're at the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if you're sharing your truth yeah, and people are like, shut up, you selfish asshole yeah. yeah it could be that you're being a selfish asshole right or it could be that you haven't yet found people that value right your truth and in this case the son-in-law i think he values me yeah and i value him yeah yeah and i think we're deeper friends now after all this bullshit yeah, yeah. than before yeah yeah, it's a super beautiful thing to to witness. I don't have anything else to say. <laughs> Buy my yeah. book or something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have to say that because everyone in podcasts like schleps their merch. Buy my album. And it's like no one actually <laughs> does that anymore. Buy our shirts. <laughs> but... It feels like a more legit podcast if we're like, you say, I'm not saying this just because I like talking to you guys and what I think is important. I'm saying it to make money. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Which is, there's nothing wrong with making money, but at the same time, it's like, whatever. Yeah. Anything else you want to say? Uh, thanks for sharing. Oh, you were going to say how, did you finish how proud you were of me or something like you were going on and on at some point? Oh, was that when, like, you brought the list, or? Yeah, I don't remember, but I, if you need to do any more of that, you know. I well, I guess I was just, I admired the way that you, I guess it, it was like a way to see how your brain works, and I thought it was cool, like, um, you know, your brain could see the future, like, if you're, if you kept with the same actions, you know, could see what what would probably happen in the future, just more of the same what's happening right now. Um, and then you, like you, you said this, you said I was being very methodical about it. And I think that's true to who you are. And you just, you had these certain, you thought through it all and you just, and then you decided this is what I need to do. And yeah, this, this wasn't impulsive. No, I wasn't like angry and be like, I'm done. Yeah. I talked about this with you for hours and hours and hours. Yeah. I mean that. Yeah. Right. You had, you sorted through it. Um, And I really felt at a place where you had my back on this stuff. Like not like us against them, No, but you, I feel like in the past you would have been like, okay, that's pretty weird. Like, yeah. Oh shit. Is this going to blow back on me? Maybe, you you know, just out of self-preservation, you would have been like, don't do it. But I felt like, well, I just felt I could see how you were taking things that you'd learned through a lot of hard knocks and dollars spent with counselors and you were putting them into practice. And I was like, I think that's, I thought that was really great. I said, yeah, that's what you should be doing. Like, why not? <laughs> Even though it was uncomfortable for me, 
Um, and I also just, I knew I had, I knew that, that this was your, the best way to have any sort of like relationship or meaningful connection with this person. It was the only way forward. All right. We need to look at the camera and do like thumbnail pictures okay. for like, so this one's going to be like tragic and scary. Like. Okay, that's it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Fight for Together. We'll see you next time.